0: They served a lot of coffee, I know that much.
1: <laughs> well, E.P., we uh, I am now coming to you from the lobby of a hotel here on Michigan Avenue. We had a little getaway to Chicago, and uh, we got in, thought plenty of time, and then sat on the tarmac for about 30 or 40 minutes waiting on a gate and then waiting for on a taxi, and so it was going to be, it was nip and tuck, and I thought I was going to be having to do the show from the taxi, but uh, but we made it, and Part of what was going to happen was Friday I had tickets to uh, a day game. Uh, the Cubs were playing the Marlins, and um, you know how you know, a lot of people in Central Texas have been to Wrigley Field and Wrigley Town and know how incredible that is. And at the last minute, uh, EP, they've, they've allowed crowds back there. It's just lately you've seen some of the scenes from, uh, from Wrigley, and they moved the game tonight. Well, our flight is that evening, so it knocked us out of the. Uh, it knocked us out of going to the game. But uh, Wrigley, we'll still go over there and look around. Um, I've been to a couple of games there. I would say, as far as people that you know, what parks do you want to visit in your lifetime? I would say Wrigley, Fenway are probably neck and neck. And then I got to—I was at Yankee Stadium before they demolished it, the old Yankee Stadium, so I'm, I was always happy to to be able to have attended that. I do, do, EP, you've been around for a little bit. Does that uh, does that sound about right? Like if you're going to visit any park in America, Fenway, Wrigley, um, am I missing? Well, I mean, obviously there's a lot of fun ones. I, I recently went to, in recent years, I went to see the Pirates play, um, and they ha- actually have a gorgeous. Um, ballpark right there on the what do you say mangahela or the Allegheny or one of those rivers
0: yeah the Mongahela um, but yeah mm-hmm.
1: uh, mangahela I knew I had that wrong um but now what where is your what would you treasure most as the as the number one ballpark and and you can't say you can't say like minute Maid or <laughs> or or the <laughs> or the ballpark at Arlington You can't say Globe Live.
0: No, it's hands down it would be Fenway Park. Uh, I'm a big fan of the city of Boston, and um, my favorite writer lived there and uh, wrote um, in most of his books one way or the other, got around to mentioning Fenway Park. And, of course, my childhood memories and watching uh, the Red Sox uh, play in the World Series, you know, back in the 60s. I was, uh, I mean, that would be the the place to go. And, of course, old Yankee Stadium uh, would have yeah. been a treasure as well.
1: Well, now that author would be, now Stephen King wrote about the Red Sox because he's a huge fan, but yeah. for some reason I don't think you're talking about Stephen King.
0: No, I like Stephen King, but no, it was Robert B. Parker. And uh, he, he wrote the Jesse Stone novels and uh, the Spencer novels. And so that was, I've read all of his books. <laughs>
1: Okay, and and for people that don't know, when you say the novels of the Jesse Stone, what are we talking about? Is it like a mystery type deal, or is it just um, is it just what are we what genre are we in?
0: Well, the genre would have been, it um, uh, 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 would be. Um, well, the best way to describe it is he wrote about a, a washed up cop in L.A. that moved back east to near Boston and uh, so it would be a mystery and suspense yeah
1: okay okay and almost it almost sounds like if they made a movie that would be like film noir or whatever but uh, mm-hmm. well that's um, that's a really uh, that, that's you know it is it is fun to come to these places and again we're looking out right now uh, from my perch I can see um, the Lake Michigan and, and EP you've been to Chicago it looks like when you look out there at it, it, look, it almost kind of looks like the ocean because it's endless. You don't see anything, obviously, for, for a long, long way. And so Chicago is a, uh, is a really cool place, and, um, and it's a place, it's, uh, it's the home to un- incredible. And, and I, I probably need some help, by the way, from our people in Central Texas. I, I want to find the best Chicago-style deep-dish pizza I can. Yesterday, I was at Old Chicago in their tap room, Old, uh, Old Chicago Pizza and Tap Room. We had a great time over there, AP, and I had the Detroit-style pizza. But now that I'm actually in Chicago, I, I, need, I need some of our people to tell me exactly where I'm going to go. Is it Uno Pizzeria or something like that? It's, um, but the, the number, if you want to text us, is 254-662-1660. That's 254 254- 662, 1660. Where where should I be eating deep dish pizza in Chicago? I want to I want to hear uh, from our people. EP and other news. I was checking on the way. You know I am I'm, I'm very eager to see what this college baseball ends up looking like this weekend. I wanted to see you know who the Longhorns were going to be uh, matched up with as they return to Omaha the thirty seventh trip. And um, it looks like tomorrow we're going to have the Dallas Baptist coach, Dan Heefner is going to be on with us. He was on with Tom here recently. They lost yesterday in, in a really sad fashion uh, on, a, on a grand slam. And, E.P., you talk about bandwagon and something. I, now, I have a good uh, relationship with the Baylor coach, Steve Rodriguez. I love that guy, and I love our Baylor team. And, E.P., if you went to Baylor, I would say you got to see some pretty great teams under Mickey Sullivan um, back in the day. I mean, there, there were some, uh, in fact, Steve Mako, I don't know, I don't want to date you, I don't want to judge. I just got one quick look at you, E.P., but I don't know how far you go back at Baylor. But Baylor did have a World Series team, I believe, in either 78 or 79. Uh, I, I'm trying to think how many times Mickey went. And then, of course, Steve Smith had some trips there uh, after that. Do you remember those days, E.P., at what? the old uh, at the old ballpark?
0: I remember those uh, Baylor teams and uh, Mickey and I knew Mickey. I met him on several occasions and uh, he was a great coach and more than that, he was a great guy. He really was.
1: When I got to Baylor he was kind of winding things down a little bit and EP, he had a pitching coach named Sid Hudson and it would take, Sid was getting up in age and Sid had been a, a major league pitcher. In fact, Sid I think was a really good major league pitcher at some point but he was the coach he was the- and his pitching changes or pitching visits I should say because Mickey would make the changes Sid it, Sid would take one of those walks and EP it, it would be you you could go take a break go take a little bathroom break or whatever Sid would take a while to get out there and I used to see him he was such a legendary character to me I would see him over at Columbus Avenue Baptist Church and uh Sid Hudson was a heck of a, uh, a pitching coach. He knew it all. We lost Sid a few years ago, but those were some great teams. But what I was going to say, E.P., I got really connected to this Dallas Baptist situation. I got to know the uh, athletic director and some people that worked there, and so I showed up to see them at regionals, and they came back to beat TCU. And then they were down 5 nothing and came back to beat Oregon State. So, you know, I, I would say, uh, you know, with our Baptist ties, we can kind of claim Dallas Baptist from time to time. I really thought yesterday they were going to pull it off. They're up 2-1 in the seventh. And the thing that I've really been sad about for them is that the the pitcher who got hit, who got lit up for a grand slam, his last name is Sherlin. He's a great pitcher. He's a lefty, and he could close for them. If they needed two or three innings, he could give them two or three innings. He was he was extremely versatile pitcher, and I just I just got I've just really gained like a huge respect for this kid. And if he didn't, there were two outs in the seventh, and and obviously the bases were loaded, and he left one up, and Virginia took that thing out of the park. Uh, EP, I, I I you know I hated to see it, but uh, I do think one of the things about college baseball that's great. Yes, national powers. Like Texas, um, like OSU in the past, uh, Baylor at times. I would say you know, Texas with their 37 trips—that's kind of over the top. TCU has been great, but one of the coolest things about it is, unlike the semifinals in college football, the little man, the little guy can show up. Whether it be one year like Maine or somebody like that, Vermont. It could be Dallas. Baptist, and they, although they've never quite made it through, but those those Cal schools like Cal Fullerton and some of those schools that we don't always think about in other sports, they uh, they they have unbelievable runs. I think that's one of the things I love about college baseball the most is because of. The scholarship limits, and again, I'd like to see them spend more scholarship money. But there's somewhat of a a, a more even playing field now. Some of these coaches are starting to get two and three million dollars. But EP, this uh, is—it's—it's a—I would say it's a pretty neat deal to—to know that that any year, like Rice, could possibly go win a World Series. That to me makes it great.
0: Well, you know, Matt. Uh, a few years ago, when um, Wayne Graham uh, took over the uh, uh, baseball program at Rice, and uh, I think he went to uh, a World Series. Several, or two. they, they several. won yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And because uh, I remember one of the Midway kids, Derek Michaelis, actually played. He was a two-team uh, player, two-sport player. He played basketball. He was six foot seven, but uh, he was also a heck of a first baseman. And boy, he hit, hit the. He could hit the ball a country mile, and uh, they had some great teams. Wayne Graham had some super teams at Rice.
1: Galley E.P., now that I've heard your voice, I just kind of want to sit here and listen to you. I mean, this, <laughs> I just kind of want you to tell me some stories or something. I mean, you, may, you, you I feel like you should go get on the storytelling circuit. But, um, the, yeah, it's uh, – and, and, boy, Barfield knows this. The, what, what Barfield and I were talking the other day, Tom and I were talking about – the MCC connections to Baylor and then other schools and then Arkansas. And the college baseball can also go the wrong way if you're like Tom and you're a fan of Arkansas because he's, had, he's had a child there. Um, they, it, you can be a powerhouse. That I, that I The way they're stocked and the way they're pitching is, that's the best team in the country. And they were the number one seed in this whole thing. And NC State, and I know it's a, it's an ACC school, so it's not like a tiny school, but I'm telling you – EP, and I bet Tom was the same way, I was watching that game, that first game, they're down 21-2, and it almost looked like when we were in Little League and you'd go up against one of those monster teams and you had no chance and they had to mercy rule you. That's what the NC State kids looked like, and somehow they got their composure back together and they, and they, and they got it together. Baylor beat a team like that this year. Baylor had a game against, might have been Kansas State, um, where they put up, something insane like a 17-run inning. I mean, the thing can get away from you. Okay, I don't want to let this thing get away from me. Uh, it is the Matt Mosley Show, usually with Stephen Simcox. We're watching all our phones because Stephen uh, and his beautiful wife Kristen have a child on the way, and so we could get news any time today. So we're doing that. Uh, it's, uh, we're taking it to four, and, of course, that's when Tom Barfield in game time starts. I want to talk next uh, about – what I believe is one of the great rivalries in golf, in the U.S. Open, uh, I believe this could end up being one of the great U.S. Opens of all time. I'll tell you why next.
2: Air one.
0: you yeah, have about three minutes brass
3: monkey, that monkey, monkey, brass monkey donkey, think of everything
4: you do to provide for your family a home, food on the table, health care, vacations and saving for your kids education it's all good as long as you're alive but it's only a drop in the bucket of what they'll need if you die without life insurance Buying term life insurance is not something you can afford sure. to put off. Uh, call the term lifeline now for the lowest possible why? rates on quality term life insurance. Term life rates are at all time lows, and we can save you up to 70%. If you already have coverage, you could be paying too much. One call could save you thousands of dollars. We have great rates for smokers, too, or if you have health problems. Providing okay, for today is to good, to but it's spot. not enough if you die prematurely. Call the term lifeline today for a free quote Protect your family and save. See if you could save up to 70%. 866-549-TERM. 866-549-TERM.
5: 866-549-TERM. That's 866-549-8376. Go. All
1: right, I want to talk to you about Steckler, Wayne, Cochran, Cherry. Uh, this is a law firm that has been with us uh, now and we really enjoyed our association and Craig Cherry is in Waco Texas and uh, just a just an unbelievable attorney an unbelievable advocate in fact he and I went to law school back at Baylor. Baylor produces probably the top litigators in the country I'm a little biased but I believe that to be true uh, my, my father's one of those as well but uh, Craig Cherry um, is you know has done, whether it be wrongful death, whether it be horrible accidents, um, he has uh, taken on those cases. He doesn't mind taking those things to trial. I've you know, clerked for attorneys years and years ago. Sometimes everybody's trying to settle out, all those kinds of things. He does not mind getting in the courtroom and fighting for you. Let me tell you how to uh, find out the best information. You can go to swclaw.com. I remember that because of the old Southwest Conference. That's the best way for me to remember this. So it's SWC com, and then you can call Craig 254-651-3690. It's just, it's great. There's so many people out there that specialize, oh, do this, do that, tickets, traffic tickets. No, he does, he does big time, he's got big time cases and he's willing to fight for his clients, and uh, that's why you should give Craig Cherry a call.
6: Texas is open for business, and as potential customers re-emerge, now is the time to reach them. Your proud Texas business needs customers, and customers need your products and services. So let M&M Broadcasters bring you together. M&M has a variety of specialized radio stations, each designed to reach a specific audience. Advertising grows your business. Email today to info at mmbwaco.com or call 254-772-0930. That's 254-772-0930.
7: This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LePoint. Mostly clear and still very warm tonight with lows falling to 73 degrees. It'll be mostly sunny tomorrow. Another hot and humid day with a high of 99. Our heat index tops out at 104. And on Thursday, mostly sunny. Hot and humid weather continues in a high of 98. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather.
0: Matt, let's uh, take it back to you now.
1: <laughs> That's the way I like to do it. I, I mean, I don't really need any music or anything EP. You Just take it straight back to me. Matt Mosley show uh, with uh, Stephen Simcox. And Stephen has a lot on his plate today. In fact, ma- mainly his wife does. And they are uh, they are getting ready to welcome a new child into the world. So we'll keep you posted on all that. And it's a very very exciting time EP Garth in the in the control room with me today and he's running the show and I'm actually in Chicago and we've taken a little trip and I am in uh, I've arrived in the hotel I just found a little area where I could do the show and um, it's a pretty nice uh, things look pretty good around here I can see out the window Lake Michigan so uh, EP if you would be checking the text line i can't see the text line here in chicago like i usually can if anybody has recommendations on where i should get deep dish pizza in chicago or if there's just some place you think i ought to go uh while i'm in chicago i will take recommendations 254-662-1660 that is the cnc collision line and um ep garth i mean that you know I, when i think about this somebody told me that you're an author and um when i see that name you know what it makes me think of is an old john irving novel world according to garth <laughs> when i see garth uh and uh i came up uh i i was at one point i was a huge john irving fan and i read when i was in college uh, a prayer for owen meany and for whatever reason it really had a I mean, it, it was very impactful at the time. It's funny how you read books at certain stages of your lives. I, I I think if I read it now, I would probably wonder why that hit me like it did. But back in the day, um, but I, I don't know if you've uh, – I would assume, EP, as uh, as well-read as you are, you probably have stumbled across some John Irving novels in your time.
0: And it's funny that you mentioned uh, The World According to Gart because years ago I took the Dale Carnegie course. And there was uh, an element of uh, the uh, program where you had to get up in front of your peers and uh, tell them something that would make them remember your name. And so I said, um, you know, look up at the marquee and you have E.T. and the world according to Garth showing, or Garth showing at the same time. And so uh, that's as close (laughs) as I can get to E.P. Garth. So.
1: you used that was nice yeah so you uh you're very familiar with the world according to Garp and honestly i uh i've stayed away from the movies you know he hasn't been happy with some of the movies that were made i think robin williams was in that one the one that i actually thought was pretty good was the cider house rules one of his novels that was turned into books but uh well, if, I, if we start talking novels too much, I'm afraid Barfield will come running in there. Like, what, why are you guys talking about novels? Hey, he's already Listen, in here, I'm, and he's been taking notes. I mean, <laughs> what, 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 are we, what, what are we talking about here? This is the stuff. Boy, Moss and Barfield and all the people. Tacker. They love sitting around. We just talk about our favorite novels all the time. Now, I'll tell you this. One of my favorite golf courses in the country is Tory Pines, and that is the site of this week's U.S. Open. And I love this story. E.P. and Tom, um, apparently the USGA, in getting ready for this uh, tournament, reached out to Bryson DeChambeau to see if he was okay um, playing – with Brooks Kepka who has become his arch rival, and they <laughs> tweeted each other, and and this thing, you know, we sometimes joke about Twitter beef and all. This started with one time at a recent tournament. Um, Kepka was doing an interview, you and that, Bryson that, walked behind um, him. This
3: would be good for the game. Of-
1: no, let's not do that quite yet. Uh, but anyway, that's where the, that's where it started, and he was muttering and sort of cussing about DeChambeau and so that's kind of where this this beef started between the two but what happened is apparently through this XM clip we we do have um, it was noted that they were given the opportunity to play together and at least one of them turned down that opportunity this is Brad Faxon talking on XM about what he heard about uh, about Chambeau getting offered the chance to play with his arch rival. Do
3: you think that that um, this would be good for the game of
1: golf? Do you think that
3: that having this type of animosity between players is good for the game of golf and and grows the game of golf?
8: I was with uh, a bunch of the Titleist guys, as, as you know, the uh, the club facilities out here. Steve Pelisek runs the. Yeah. Operations out here, and he had about 40 to 50 people over to his house last night, most of them that worked for uh, Titleist, many of them instructors like yourself that are Titleist um, ambassadors, and it was a fantastic night. And Joe Nauman who then heads legal counsel, was were there, and we were talking about what do you call growing the game? It, it, is it viewership or is it participation? Because those are two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Wally Uline, who was chairman of the board, wasn't there last night, but he would have said years ago, when Michael Jordan was the best basketball player in the world, was he growing the game of basketball? Uh, he had more people watch, but he wasn't selling more basketballs. Um, and, and that's exactly what's happening with Kepka and, and DeChambeau here. More people are knowing about this kind of little fight. It, it, it's kind of become a little bit of a Vegas sort of situation here. And I found out last night that the USJ actually did call Bryson deshambo and his agent to ask him if they would be okay with that, and Bryson declined.
1: i love that would he be okay with them being together at one of these last tournaments ep uh and tom they were there were people shouting brooks brooksy they were saying brooksy when Deschambeau was up there brook kepka was not at the tournament and and they said Deschambeau was having these people removed from the tournament, where they were saying it. Of course, these people had been overserved. Now, EP, you and Tom have a little more experience in this world than I do, uh, age-wise. I'm sure you love me phrasing it like that. Do you ever recall? You know, I I think people didn't exactly, from what I've heard, they they didn't love Nicholas at first. Now, obviously, later in his career, I think he became beloved. But I think part of the problem when he first came on the scene and started winning everything is that the guy he was beating was the people's champ, was Arnold Palmer. But I I think back then, golf was so respectful that I I cannot remember any sort of, um, you know, did did Ben Hogan love uh, Byron Nelson? I don't know if Ben Hogan loved anybody. I think Ben Hogan was was sort of a—he was conflicted about a lot of things and didn't have a lot of friends. But I don't think we had any, like, true rivalries other than just great golfers going up against each other. It's pretty funny now to have a situation where you have two golfers at the top of their game, both major champion winners, who literally hate each other. Tiger and Phil were cool— there there was a little bit of chilliness between them okay but there was not hatred right now we have two guys who dislike each other a lot and and ep i don't know you may think hey this is a gentleman sport this is not good i think i think to the casual sports fan this sort of thing brings them in a little bit and uh has kind of been uh, been fun to watch
0: Well Arnold Palmer from what I remember when I was uh, in high school uh, and his and then Jack Nicholson they were respectful to each other and they may even have been friends but they were two totally different kind of men and uh, I don't think that Jack Nicholson probably approved of some of the things that that Arnold Palmer, you know, did in his lifetime. So.
1: <laughs> well, he, God rest his soul. We can't be talking about any of his nightlife. What he did invent, just by kind of being at, at the bar one night, is uh, Arnold. He invented the drink named after him, which is a uh, which is lemonade and iced tea, which remains one of the great drinks uh, out there. Now, EP, what it sounds like you're getting at. Is that maybe Arnold Arnold probably dropped a little something in there where Jack probably didn't that that's probably where you're headed with that yes
0: exactly, and by the way, that drink is very popular at my uh, son in law 's coffee shop <laughs> over by Baylor and uh, and, uh but anyway oh, yeah
1: let's give let's give him a shameless plug real quick because I love coffee shops in fact, I was at and in fact, they may. Who knows? They may jump on us, on with us at some point. Because uh, I was telling them how much I love their coffee shop. I went by at Twenty Third and Austin the other night and had a cup of coffee at Pinewood. But now, what is your son-in-law's coffee shop?
0: By the way, Pinewood is a great coffee shop. Um, it's Common Grounds, and
1: uh, oh, that's that's the yeah, best. Yeah. Now that was that was coming in. As I was finishing up law school, I didn't, I actually dropped out of law school, but as I was kind of after undergrad at Baylor EP, that was starting up. And I just so wish we had had it when I was an undergrad the whole time. I, you know. What a great gathering place! You can have concerts there, so we will give them a free plug because I love that place and I, I like the frozen cappuccino. When I'm in town, I'll go by and order up uh, one of those frozen cappuccinos. But the, whoever he bought that from, I think it, that would have been Jill Mashburn. Yes, absolutely, of, yeah, she, yeah, she's one of my buddies from Baylor. Yeah, so she had it for for many years, and then uh, wow, I didn't know, I did not know your son-in-law um had taken that over well that's that has become uh one of the great gathering places on the baylor campus so kudos to uh yeah common grounds all right now ep i'm gonna i'm gonna hit you up for like a t-shirt or something okay well, absolutely I need- <laughs> I, i'll get one for you <laughs> tell him tell him i need some merch well Matt, um, since you bring, tell them <laughs>
0: yeah since you bring up all these rivalries one of at Golf, yeah. one of my favorites, uh, was uh, brought out in the movie "The Greatest Game Ever Played," and that was the rivalry between Bobby Jones, who probably was the greatest golfer ever, and Walter Hagen, and they had a uh, tremendous rivalry that lasted until Bobby quit, uh, you know, playing golf, pretty much. So.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's hard for people to believe that there was a time when the the prize money was not enough. It, for Bobby Jones to even, I, I don't even think he ever truly turned pro. He was like remaining an amateur and he was winning all these tournaments. And of course he had a huge uh, hand in the starting the Masters and Augusta National and, and all of that, but uh, you're right. And I think I, I've read a, bu- a bunch of those de- from back in those days, but was Hagan the one that was the immaculately dressed one of those guys, you know, was known for just unbelievably, you know, they were dressed. And then later in years, for our older audience out there, I think his name was Doug Sanders. Became an extremely colorful. You know, he had the pink sweaters and really stood out out there on the golf course. All right, love reminiscing. Even more, and by than the way,
0: pa- even more than Payne Stewart. <laughs> you know,
1: Payne had the knickers, and 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 then he started doing the NFL teams and he was always one of the great he was one of my favorites and of course he he was one of the he in 1999 was that at pinehurst anyway he won the u.s open and that was one of the many times uh phil mickelson finished second phil mickelson now has six second place finishes at the u.s open he his he grew up in san diego that's where he lives now so Tory Pines is sort of a home course for him. He just won the PGA Championship. At age, he turns 51 tomorrow, E.P., turns 51 years old. How cool will that be to watch Phil Mickelson try to go for two straight majors at age 51 at a course he grew up on? Now, unfortunately, they changed that course a, a few years back, and they kind of they, – they turned it into they, – they gave it more teeth And so it's harder than the one he grew up playing on. But uh, still, incredible uh, that 50-year-old Phil Mickelson went out and won the PGA Championship. Okay, a lot of fun, a lot of stuff to visit on. Here's what we're going to do next. One of our, uh, our experts from Rivals has the latest. Baylor has started giving out a lot of offers in football and um and and he knows all the names and he knows all who's been visiting we'll get the lowdown from kevin longquist on baylor football recruiting that is next
6: i love baseball the rangers and astros go at it tonight game one of a two-game series in houston
8: the one pitch is hit by Beatty to second, but Solak
6: has it. Flips to Izzy for one on to first, and they get them both. Have you see my baseball? Hi, everybody. This is Matt Hicks inviting you to join Jared yes. Sandler and me. First pitch to Pollock. He grounds it to third. Backhanded by
3: Holton. he's got Lux now caught off the bag. He tosses to Heim. Heim runs him towards
6: third. He applies the tag. Our Geico broadcast time tonight is 630 on the Rangers Radio Network.
0: Uh, he said ignore it.
1: All right. Um, it is uh, the Matt Mosley Show. EP uh, Garth in with me today. Uh, I do want to. I do want to say David Pierce. Man, we got the news that uh, David Pierce, the uh, uh, head coach for University of Texas, is going to be on with Tom at 4:15. So that's really cool. This guy is unbelievable. And um, so David Pierce, uh, Texas is headed back to Omaha, 37th appearance. And, uh, boy, Pierce's career is uh, pretty phenomenal over the years. And he worked his way up and had a long run there at Rice and then uh, as an assistant and then became a head coach. And so that'll be be great. 4.15 today. You Longhorns need to be out there. Okay, E.P., did you say we have Kevin ready to roll?
0: We do. He is ready to go. Oh, good,
1: good, good. Okay. I never want to make Kevin Longquist wait. The man's got a lot on his plate. And uh, Kevin, welcome back. Uh, welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. I am in Chicago right now. Feel free. You're a you're a well-traveled man. Do you have any uh, deep dish pizza suggestions for me? Have you? Uh, is there any place Gosh. I should should go?
9: You know, it's been so long since I've been there, Matt. Uh, there was a place. I guess there's a couple blocks from Wrigley Field where I went. It was like back in 1992, and they had the best thick crust and i just can't remember the name of the place but it was outstanding
1: okay okay so i'm gonna ha- try to have to find a place that longquist went to in 1992 i like this I'm gonna be out, <laughs> good luck um, um, you know uh I'm, I'm right here staying on michigan avenue and as i typically do i made it in you know about 30 seconds before the show started here uh kevin but it was uh, it worked out nicely and uh, it's great to be visiting with you. I, I'm excited because you're back, getting to go to the, some of these camps again. The recruiting yeah. stuff's going on, and and Kevin, this is uh, for people that are trying to kind of figure out, okay, what are you allowed to do, and all these camps and all. What we're what we're about to start seeing is these official visits are are ready to start. So. When when that starts up, is that like how many kids are some of these schools bringing in on one weekend? And then what are they kind of allowed to do on these on these official uh, these official visits? Like how much can they take a look at the kids from a performance uh, standpoint?
9: Well, there's this there. Here's the way to look at it, Matt. Okay, so Baylor is going to start its first official visit weekend with its 2022 targets. This coming weekend, the 18th through the 20th. Then I have a second one of the 25th through the 27th. Now, for those, that'll be pretty standard, like we've seen in years past, where they've, you know, kind of just done the whole thing, or they've, had, you know, entertained the kids, uh, taken them out to dinner, that sort of thing. It's going to look no different than when you saw kids uh, coming in for December or January visits. The only difference was, was that Matt Rule didn't do that. He always wanted to have his official visits basically in December and January, whereas Dave Miranda probably would have done this last year if he had the chance, but now he's getting the opportunity to do it, so that's the thing there. Now, what's new, and I think this is the first year that this is going to happen, is that there are some kids, some 2022 kids, that aren't coming in for official visits. They're coming in for unofficial visits whereby they're actually doing a private workout with the coaching staff. This is happening happening throughout all of college football, where these guys are coming in, showing what they can do at a particular position. They may have been offered, they could have been offered name only, or they want to see, the coaching staff wants to see, do we really want to stick with this offer, you know, that sort of thing. So there's kind of some dynamics that are in play there. So Baylor will have a couple of those working throughout the week. I know they got a couple of kids on campus today. They'll have a couple more sprinkled in throughout the week. And then the third thing that's going on starting today, which makes June 15th important is the fact that this is actually the first day where if you will, camps notwithstanding where the 2023 kids can come on campus for unofficial visits. And over the next two weeks, Baylor is going to have you know, a slew of those types of kids on their campus. There's about, I think maybe about a half a dozen that are on campus today and, um, and that sort of thing. And so it kind of gives them a deeper dive. And you don't want these groups to be, you know, too, too big because if you do, then it becomes, current, then the message gets lost. You want to have more of an intimate gathering so that you can really lock on and get your message through to the kids that you think are going to be pretty big targets to follow. And maybe you offer one if you haven't yet.
1: Yeah, I, I got to say, what, what's catching my eye is like, offers already going out to 2024 quarterbacks. Um, There's a 2023... um, I I, I believe Baylor just put out an offer on a 2023 quarterback. I was going to ask you uh, a little bit about him. Say his... You know, and, of course, I'm, I'm. we get excited. Now Drones is on campus. Now there's somebody after him. And then we're already on to, like, 2023. I know his name starts with an N. Nevis, so what is that quarterback for 2023 that they've offered?
9: Yeah, Austin Novosad. He's a 2023 at a dripping Springs. Uh, had a phenomenal sophomore year last year. Threw for about 2,700 yards. In about eight games, actually, and he's got a big arm. He's really tall and lanky, and he was a kid that was at the camp. I'll, I'll back up by saying I thought Baylor's camp—the talent that was at the camp uh, on the 12th—was extraordinary. They had a really good camp. A number of kids, had about 270 kids, and I thought it was really, really good in terms of what they had out there. Now, as far as Novasan is concerned, you know, he's a guy that took Dripping Springs to the area round of the playoffs when they fell. Uh, and I, what I like about him is that he's got such a big arm that he can make all the throws. One throw that might be a little bit troublesome for him that he just finished his sophomore year is that he's just is, – is the fade route. But a lot of kids, you know, will have, have some issues with that. Uh, but I think, you know, it, it, this is a case, though, where this is – you know, like you and I had talked about this a couple of weeks ago where this is what these camps are all going to be about. They're mainly going to be for the 2023 kids so they can get a good jump on them and then maybe – Take a second look at the 2022 kid that they had evaluated on film and say, "Eh, you know, do we really want to, or do we not?" And that's where, like from 2022, that's where Jace uh, Richard from uh, uh, from uh, Monroe, Louisiana, comes into play. He's actually Brooks Miller's a former teammate there, and I think that was one thing that they wanted to see him kind of get a sense as to what he's all about, and then they wound up offering him. So that's kind of what the, what these camps are going to be about or what they have been about, I should say, from the 5th and then this past Saturday and then this final one coming up for June uh, on the 19th.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm sure, you know, we're talking to Kevin Longquist from Rivals. Uh, You can see him at Sikkim Sports uh, on Twitter is kind of where I'm following a lot of his stuff, and and he picks up on a lot of these interesting trends, and that's why one of the reasons, well, one of the reasons is Kevin and I have known each other forever, but – Uh, Kevin, boy, you and uh, y'all have been out. You and Garrett have been out at some of these uh, uh, some of these camps. I'm glad to hear the talent is. What I what I was kind of under wondering is I saw something that Baylor put out, and it said something like, uh, "We are full, like basically sold out on camps the rest of the Mm -hmm. summer." Now I would have to think, Kevin, if some five star kid. Suddenly, wanted to attend the camp. They might sneak him in there. But is when I see hey, Baylor camps, <laughs> yeah. uh, Baylor camp sold out. Is that a is that a sign of health or is that just something like every school is trying to say?
9: Well, I think there's a there's a mix to it. But I think in Baylor's case, I, I think what they've done is they've done a very good they've done they're, they're very strategic in how they're doing this Matt, because they're capping the they're they're capping the amount of kids to come to these camps at about 300. Okay. They had about 270 last week. I knew as of on Saturday afternoon that they were at 280. So there were only limited spots as of Saturday afternoon. Now, how does that compare to where, you know, maybe the Art Browse camps back in the mid-2010s where Art had like 500 kids down in Houston? But that's just depending on how you do that. And so if Art was, you know, art, I think Art was a little bit more wide open in how he did this, but I kind of like this approach. What Dave Arand and his staff are doing, because if you start to become over 350 kids in your camp, then it becomes too swelled, and then the number of reps that kids are getting at whatever position that they're working at, they get lost in the crowd. They're not going to get re- they're not going to get enough reps, and they become frustrated by it. You don't want that kind of experience, so you want it to be as fulfilling as possible. And I think that's how Baylor was able to make it. Now, one thing I also will point out too is that. The one thing that kids were telling me uh, Saturday afternoon, Sunday, Sunday, that sort of thing was how they were doing a lot of seven-on-seven seven stuff, which was really kind of cool. Kids were talking about that and how they thought that was did a did a great job of teaching them how to play just man versus zone. And I think that's a, a nuance that I think that some kids really appreciated.
1: Does Baylor want to? I, I think you got to be careful. With, with young, you know, freshman, sophomore kids trying to get them to commit when they're that young and when so much can change. How, what, how aggressive is Baylor as compared to maybe some of these other schools? I mean, you know SMU really well. You know what the University of Texas is doing. Like, are these schools truly trying to get, you know, like almost hotbox these kids into a commitment these 2023 kids I mean I understand the 22 kids but are the 23 kids uh Um, that kind of that is that happening
9: I think that's kind of a read the room type of situation there Matt I think for the most part the answer is no uh, unless they have a kid that they just have a sense that he's ready to do it and he wants to do it now I I think it's obviously a little bit You want to make sure that they're not so swept up in the emotions of the moment that they're like, oh, this is awesome. I get to do this. And they come around and they leave campus. Or even if they were to commit, quote, unquote, a day or two after they left the camp, there's still that euphoria that they're still dealing with. And so you kind of have to let things ride out. But I think in Baylor's case, I think they're going to play it very, very strategic, very smart. And they're going to offer the kids. They're going to push hard for the ones that they really like. But at the same time, go through a process of – just making sure that the relationship is really really solid before they were to like you say you know kind of lean it and, and try and get a commitment and I think that's going to be a again a read the room type of situation for them
1: okay Kevin give us a couple of um, I, I love it when these kids go okay I've narrowed it down to five okay I've narrowed it down to four and I'll, uh, you know, we always look to see if our alma mater, I'm like, okay, is Baylor in there? Is there is there is there any kid like that that seems to be kind of on the verge of making a decision right now that wow. Baylor is still in on?
9: Well, I think it kind of depends on how you want to read Jalen Peoples. I know we've talked about him, the defensive back from uh, from Cedar Hill. Uh, I would venture to say that his recruiting's been all over the place. You know, he was at Kansas a couple of weeks ago. He had a trip scheduled to Iowa which he canceled, uh, he had announced on social media that he was going to announce his commitment decision this past Sunday, then he killed that tweet. Now he's going to Texas Tech this coming week, the 18th through the 20th in Lubbock, and then he's coming to Waco uh, on the 25th. I think that's a kid that could make a decision here in the next, you know, few weeks, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, I, I think that's the one I would think that you kind of have to watch. I think everything else is kind of, they'll, they'll kind of play by ear, Remember, Matt, they still got ten kids that they've got committed, which is a which is a healthy number. And the other thing they have to determine too is, you know, making their push for the right kids in the transfer portal on the offensive line if there's a great fit. So, how does that all work together? That sort of thing.
1: Yeah, and uh, well, it's shocking to hear that like a sixteen-year-old. uh, kid would would like change his mind quite a bit. Like I, I I really I've never heard anything like that, Kevin. So I thought they mm-hmm. I thought they all made their decisions and just stuck with it. So anyway, I I, I find <laughs> no. it I, I find it um, I, I I find it fascinating that uh, that there are so many former D I S D slash Um, outside of D.I.S.D., DeSoto, Duncanville, uh, Cedar Hill coaches like Joey McGuire. You know, for a while we thought, well, we'll have the market cornered with Cedar Hill kids because Joey won state titles there and it's like every team K- Kansas goes and gets a recruiting coordinator from that area mm-hmm. um i mean how it, it's that 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 really has changed the the uh, it's 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 tough because now every school is trying to accomplish that let's go get a highly accomplished rec- uh, coach/recruiter slash from a deal now mm-hmm. in Joey's case i think Joey's not you know he's obviously to the point where he's a very very respected coach I don't think we just think of him as a recruiter. But for a while, I think that was a lot of pressure probably that, that, that we put on Joey. It's like, okay, you're supposed to get every kid from that district.
9: Yeah, and that might be unrealistic too because, you know, as, since we are talking South Dallas County, you know, you think of the town that's running through there, Matt, and the type of school, what kind of schools is Baylor going to be competing against for those types of kids? You're going to have the, you know, the reigning yeah. national champions, Alabama, coming through there a is going to be coming through there. UT is going to be coming through there. OU is going to be coming through there. So it's going to be one of those situations where, you know, look, Baylor's done fine in terms of its recruiting. In fact, I think their class, which is rated right 21 by us right now nationally, is really solid at this point. They've done a great job of getting all, the, getting the kids that they want uh, to this point. I mean, it, there's going to be some battles ahead of them. Uh, I think, obviously, the people's thing is going to be one to watch. I'm, You know, I I'm just in, in particular with him, I think the one that thing that's going to be determined is he's got to take some time after he's done with these official visits to really figure out what he wants to do, and I think that's all yeah. part of it. And Joey's yeah. influence there is going to be is going to be a factor. Is it going to be the X factor? I have no idea, and I don't think yeah. that's well. And I don't, you know, and, it, and it's the same thing too, Matt. I mean, look at a guy like Reginald Samples, who was at yeah, Skyline yeah. and was at and was at Now he's with Sonny Dykes over at SMU. And I'm exactly. sure SMU fans are probably thinking he should just no. be bringing in every single kid from, from DeSoto and, and Duncanville and Scott. Yeah. not going to happen. Fortun- it's not realistic.
1: Fortunately fortunately for Reginald, they just get every kid from the portal over there. It's not, it's not too much pressure. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, hey, Kevin, hey, thank you so much. And I always love catching up with you. Appreciate you, and I'll talk to you soon.
9: Likewise, Matt. Travel safe up there, okay?
1: Oh you bet there he goes Kevin Longquist from Rivals and uh, does a great job on recruiting. Okay, David Pierce the uh, the head baseball coach at Texas going to be hopping on with Barfield at 4:15. Got a lot coming up. It's been fun to be on with you today. Thank you to our presenting sponsor Central National Bank. They do an unbelievable job. If you have a kid going off to school right now, you need somebody to kind of look after your child when they're in college or even if you want to start them out in high school, get them, them an account. They do some amazing things for kids. Central National Bank, Brian Fonville, Joe Nesbitt, as loyal as they come, one of the great banks in the state of Texas. Central National Bank. That is the Matt Mosley Show. It is time for game time. EP, thank you, sir.
0: Uh, you're very welcome, Matt. you for uh, having me on today.
1: You bet. You bet. Had a fun time with you. Could listen to you all day. All right. The Mosley Show. We're out. Game time. Coming up next. Recently on the John Moore Show. It's
3: one Chicago on a Wednesday. Uh, it's on NBC. Uh, you've heard me talk about it before. Maybe maybe more than you'd like to hear me talk about it. So the line exactly is, it's oh, like sorry, when we Matt, were would you were Baylor win the national championship. Ha ha, I know. Well done by Derek Haas. We appreciate that. A mention of Baylor winning hey, the national great. championship on Thanks. Chicago Fire last night. Tune in to the Voice of the Bears weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. All right. Here on ESPN Here Central Texas. The Jeep Freedom Day sales event is going on right now at Freedom Country in Colleen, And you can catch a great deal on hundreds of vehicles, both in-store or online. And every new Jeep comes with a membership to America's most valuable customer care program, the Jeep Wave Customer Care Program. Get worry-free maintenance for your new Jeep at no additional cost. Come see why you can always buy for less in Colleen. Visit us in-store or online at freedomcountry.com. We're making car buying easy with five makes, two stores, all in one location at Freedom Country.
10: Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a Thai manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre, state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts, digger derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. All openings start at $17 an hour or more. Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco, to apply. Hi, Jay here from Pickup Outfitters with a question. If you had a very good friend with very bad
7: breath and everyone knew it except him, wouldn't you tell him? I believe you would because it's part of the bro code. So now this same friend is driving a truck around town without a stitch of accessories. I mean, no step bars, no bed cover, no grill guard, totally naked. And he's unaware how embarrassing it is. Don't you owe it to him, bro to bro, to tell him he's driving around a new truck? The Pickup Outfitters, we think you do, and we're asking you to join the cause to end truck nudity in Central Texas one bro at a time. So grab your buddy, ask him to get a beer with you, and break the news to him gently. Then show him all the possibilities for his truck on the Pickup Outfitters website. You can even bring him to Pickup Outfitters. As our thanks to your commitment to your bro, we'll even take the price of the beer off the ticket. Unless, of course, it's a light beer. Pickup Outfitters of Waco, we're here to help you and your bro. On the web at createacommotion.com.
8: From the Alan Samuels
3: Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. It's about to go down in a minute. Let me touch down. I'm going to get it. Because I, 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 been waiting all night.
2: It's gang time. It's game time on ESPN Central Texas. Here's Tom Barfield. And good afternoon. Welcome. Welcome one and all to game time here for a, what is this? This is Tuesday. We're glad you're with us here on this Tuesday afternoon. What a beautiful day. Tom Barfield, E.P. Garth in the studio with us this afternoon. The Alan Samuels. Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios Uh, and uh, we will uh, we'll take you through the afternoon hours here on the program we we're here until six o'clock lots of things to get to today first of all a a big thank you to Old Chicago Pizza and Tap Room for having us out yesterday afternoon for their grand opening. That was so much fun, and just to see people out having a good time. It was great to see crowds and and just you know that kind of stuff. and And people were just uh, enjoying themselves, enjoying the afternoon, enjoying. I, I think there was like twenty five. I don't know what it was, but you know a lot of big screen TVs with sports on all of them, and everybody was just having pizza and and their favorite drink and and uh, in enjoying games and it was just a great way to you you would think it was saturday ep but it, it was actually monday but it was a lot of fun i'm telling you right now well nope. good stuff it was good stuff uh and so we we promised that we would give away uh two large pizzas and two twenty-five dollar gift certificates. So we are going to we're going to go ahead and draw for those here in just a couple of seconds, and and announce those winners, and then um, we'll get a hold of you. We'll we'll uh, connect with you and uh, tell you to come by and pick it up. If you are not listening at this very moment, I can't imagine you're not listening. But if you happen to be maybe working or something, and uh, you're not uh, you're not listening, and we'll we'll uh, we'll reach out to you and get you set up with. Uh, with uh, your uh, your free coupons and stuff later in the program. It is Tuesday, that means we give away a, a couple of cheeseburger baskets from Double R Old Fashioned Hamburgers. Thanks to Perry and David and all of the group over at uh, Double R. We'll uh, we'll do that a little later on today as well. So there you go. All right, coming up on the program, four Big Twelve teams made it to the uh, made it to the to the NCAA baseball tournament. It was the number two conference in in the country, behind the SEC, but only four teams selected to go to the NCAA tournament. Out of those four, only two advanced to the Super Regionals, and out of those two, only the Texas Longhorns survived the Super Regional. They beat uh, South Florida. They beat the Bulls in two games down in Austin at at, uh, Dish Falk Field, and David Pierce of the Texas Longhorns will make their 37th trip to Omaha and the College World Series, and we'll talk to uh, David Pierce, the head coach of the Longhorns, about his ball club and and uh, and and about the the event itself and just how I mean it's a it's an unbelievable event, and uh, it's it's large. I mean, uh, Baylor could tell you uh, 2005 the Baylor Bears were in Omaha and it, it was it was. I mean, it was a spectacular event. It really, really was. We've talked a million times about how Grand Junction is grand, if you will, for the Junior College World Series. Well, Omaha is uh, is grand as well for the College World Series. Well, so we'll get into all that with uh, Coach Pierce a little later on in the program. We we talked yesterday, EP, with uh, with uh, Shane Anderson the new head football coach of the Midway Panthers. And, you know, there's jobs that are still open in high school football. And now, obviously, there's a job open across town at Conley High School. And you used to just never see head coaching
0: positions open this late in the year. Well, I think there's many reasons why. And I don't think it's just because this is a, you know, we're still in the uh, COVID hangover uh, time, but, you know, it is uh, it is unprecedented that there are so many uh, openings uh, this late in this in June, in the middle of June. And, and as far as Shane Anderson is concerned, I you know Midway really got a good one there. I have the greatest respect for him. I saw him coach this year when uh, Conley played Robinson, and uh, you know Conley had a great football team last year and you know, Robert Rubel is struggling to build a program at, at Robinson, and that game got out of hand, and it was over before halftime, and he pulled off the, the guns, and uh, I have a, a great respect for him, and I think that he probably learned that from Kent Bechtel, who was a huge influence uh, in his early days of coaching. So,
2: Well, and, and so now the Conley job is open, and that's a, that's a terrific job. It's, it's a job where there's a lot of talent. It's a program that is – on the on the right side of things they're they're winning football games and obviously they were doing it under Shane and now he moves over to Midway, but it's a program that knows how to win and uh, very prideful in what they're what they're doing. great facilities. Uh, and a terrific 4A head coaching position there for somebody. And, and uh, you know, we'll talk to Bryce Cherry of the Waco Tribune Herald at 5 o'clock about that. We'll also get into Super Syntax for baseball and softball. That's coming up, I think, this weekend in the Waco Tribune Herald. So there's a lot to get to there, and uh, we'll do that. Uh, We've got Major League Baseball to talk about. We have got uh, we got our Ranger Roundup. We've got the Grab Bag. We've got all kinds of fun stuff coming up for you here this afternoon. On uh, on game time, so uh, just we're glad you're with us here on uh, on this Tuesday edition of the program. And I think, I think John Morris, I think Q, I think Ward that I'm going to win this thing. <laughs> it, it, it's the it's the Stephen Simcox watch, if you will. Not well, actually, not Stephen. He's not doing anything. He's doing absolutely nothing. But his uh, lovely bride is uh, in, uh, and I believe they're they're having their their child today. And so uh, I, I know that uh, earlier today he texted and said, "Hey, here we go." So uh, we're we're waiting to hear. We're waiting to hear when uh, when the new arrival makes makes um, makes it into this world. And uh, you know we were you know every, everybody thought it was going to be during their show. You know unnecessary references. Ah, oh, it's going to happen between eleven and two. And of course, John thought you know that it was going to be between two and three. Uh, Mosley, of course, always thinks it's going to happen on his program. But I, I didn't say anything, EP. I just kind of laid low, lay in the weeds, because I know it's going to happen be- before six o'clock.
0: Well, we're going to get
2: that call. Yeah, we're going to get that text.
0: And one thing about uh, the, the birthing at uh, Hillcrest Hospital is that um, the it's a very the the way they do it now is a very uh, family oriented, intimate uh, time, and you have your uh, your own room, and it's you mm-hmm. know the, where your family can be. And, uh, and they, uh, they, there's a, a bonding time where there's only the mother, the father, and the baby uh, in the room before, and they they get to spend a couple of hours together before the, I guess the the world comes in to to greet them. But it's it's a very special time, and because uh, my my daughter had three children there, and uh, it was uh, a beautiful time. Uh, is it? Your birth I, always is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I
2: like walking down the hall, and you know. You're there for whatever reason and you're walking down the hall and then all of a sudden you hear the music and you know there's a a brand new one in this world when you start hearing the music all across the PA system throughout the hospital complex. I mean, uh, on that campus, I mean, it is playing and, and you go, yep. There's a new one. There's a new baby in this world.
0: So. Well, it's different than when my children came into the world, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, eight minutes after 4 o'clock, it is 4.08. This is game time. Our program is brought to you by Alan Samuels' Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram. Be at your friend in the car business. And our 4 o'clock hour service good feet in the uh, Central Texas Marketplace near Cabela's. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, we will... Uh, We'll get into some college baseball. We'll do that with David Pierce. But right now, we're going to go ahead and draw and announce our winners in the uh, in the uh, the old Chicago pizza and tap room contest that we uh, that we asked you to come by. We had a bunch of names in the hopper, and uh, our first winner of a free of a twenty five dollar gift certificate is Kylie Meredith of West. Kylie Meredith of West has won a $25 gift certificate from Old Chicago Pizza and Taproom. Our next winner is a winner of a free pizza, and I believe it is Henry Hanking. I believe it is how you pronounce the name. Henry, if I mispronounce your name, I apologize. We're going to call Henry and get him hooked up uh, with that free pizza from Old Chicago Pizza and Taproom. Our next winner is of a another $25 Gift certificate, twenty-five dollar gift certificate, and it goes to Dan Markham. Dan Markham, congratulations! You're a winner of a uh, of a gift certificate from Old Chicago Pizza and Tap Room. It's twenty-five bucks. And then finally, another pizza will go to Robert. I believe it's Robert Pruitt, and uh, Robert uh, down in Valley Mills. Uh, you're a winner, and we'll get a hold of you and get you hooked up. With your uh, with your free large pizza from Old Chicago Pizza and Tap Room, and again, many thanks to all of those folks uh, at over over at uh, Old Chicago. And if, if you're wondering, yeah, it's the same spot. It's right off of the interstate in the Central Texas Marketplace. When you're making that bend around uh, off the 35 Frontage Road onto. On to uh, Loop 340 slash Highway 6. You look off to the right and you see Old Chicago Pizza and Room, And it is a cool place and a lot of fun. So uh, you'll, uh, you'll enjoy it. Uh, go by and check them out. But, again, thanks to uh, Old Chicago Pizza Tap Room for having us out yesterday afternoon. All right, it's 410, 10 minutes after 4 o'clock. This is Game Time here on ESPN Central Texas. Recently on Game Time. We're joined now by the national champion head coach, Mitch Thompson.
4: Having played in the championship game in 15, we were on the doorstep. In 17, we had a great club, and we've been pretty consistent. I think we've been able to put together a really good program with really good coaches and players every year. You know, I'm sitting here staring at the trophy in my office right now, and it's, it's making me smile, but it makes me want to go back and get another one. Game Time, weekdays, 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas.
6: How about a game of catch at the
7: Rangers' new ballpark?
3: It's on, because for a limited time, catch on the field is part of the Globe Life Field Premium Tour. So grab a friend, a family member, and go behind the scenes of the Rangers' home. Take in the views, marvel at the art, the roof, and the Rangers' history literally written on the walls. And then play catch on a major league field. Book your tour today at texasrangers.com
6: tours. There are a lot of vehicles on the road with jobs to do, and they come in different shapes and sizes. When you see an emergency vehicle, TxDOT vehicle, tow truck, or utility vehicle with flashing lights activated on the roadside, move over or slow down to 20 miles per hour below the posted speed limit. It's the law, with fines up to $2,000. When vehicles have flashing lights activated on the shoulder, move over or slow down. Be safe, drive smart, a message from TxDOT.
10: elevate your career with a new job at versalift southwest a tie manufacturing company versalift southwest occupies a 16 acre state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts digger derricks and cable placers right here in central texas they are now hiring hydraulic electrical and service technicians all openings start at 17 dollars an hour or more Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco, to apply.
2: All right, welcome back into the program. This is game time with Tom Burfield. We're glad you're with us. 13 minutes after four, four thirteen on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Hey, coming up tomorrow afternoon at five fifteen, former Texas Ranger David Murphy would join the program. Former Baylor Bear and Texas Ranger David Murphy would talk. Uh, He'll talk Ranger baseball with us tomorrow afternoon around 5.15. Joined now by the uh, head coach of the Texas Longhorns, Coach David Pierce. First of all, Coach, thanks for your time. I, I certainly do appreciate it today.
5: Tom, appreciate you having me. Uh, anytime I can talk about the Longhorns, it's always a good day.
2: 12-4 win on Sunday to, to get to, to Omaha. Coach, just kind of walk us through maybe the regionals and then the super regionals and just how well your club played in those, uh, those two events.
5: Well, I think you go back to just our body of work, and we did a really nice job of positioning ourselves to, you know, be a top-eight seed, and because of that, it it allowed us to to host, and when you have the opportunity to host a regional, super regional, uh, it puts you in a pretty good spot. Then you got to go out and perform, and I thought our kids did a great job of just putting their head down, not getting too excited, not uh, trying to do too much and just, did a nice job of pitching and defense and did a really nice job with some patience, but also just taking care of business in the uh, regional. Uh, and then a very hot South Florida team who, you know, took care of Florida, Miami, and the Gainesville regional. And that's, that's no easy task. Uh, so they got hot, um, was playing well, pitched well, and got some guys that didn't drive the ball out of the ballpark. So I thought we had a, a just a, a heck of an electrical, a, a, a electric, night um uh, both nights against south florida tough one uh we had to come up we, we gave up the lead in the ninth and then we're able to you know respond in the bottom of the ninth and win a close game and a walk off and then did a nice job uh to finish it on sunday
2: what's that say about your club uh the way you uh won that game on saturday night i mean i mean it, it, that thing you know it, it's three to nothing that it's three to three and the next thing you know it's four to three and you're going to the house with a win yeah, I
5: mean, you look up and you get a three-run lead with uh, Tanner Witt on the mound, and you feel pretty good about it. And he gets the first out, and, uh, you know, they hit a solo, and so I, that's all right, let's continue to attack. And then base hit, or double, and and then just a tough bat by uh, Bert, Brocher, Brocher uh, it's